0: Don't get weary. Acts chapter twenty. I was gonna say we'd just dismiss and come back tonight, but there's a whole bunch of y'all wouldn't come back Super Bowl Sunday. Nikki'd be one mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Stick with me just for a moment. Acts chapter 20. We'll start in verse 7. It's a very familiar scripture. Acts chapter 20 verse 7. Let me put this on. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread... Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they, get, where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again, and had break, uh, broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Father, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray, Lord, this morning that you'd have your will and your way in this. God, help us not to uh, weary you, people, God, but to bring what you'd have us to. God, I pray this morning that you'd speak to the hearts of our people. God, we know, God, that you're here, that you've been in the midst since we come in this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will in your way. God, speak to our hearts. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Here in uh, uh, I'm just going to preach these these few verses here. Is all all my my plan is so stick with me. But uh there in verse number seven, and it said, Upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread. You know, oftentimes when we uh, see in the Bible, we see the word disciples, or we see where it's talking about disciples, uh, we think about the twelve disciples, or the twelve apostles, but here in this scripture, it's not talking about the apostles. This is in the book of Acts. This is after Jesus has already uh, died and rose again, and the, the, the disciples that was during the life of Jesus, during his three and a half year ministry, they're now the apostles. They're now the messengers. So what this is talking about, this is talking about the Christians. You know us as Christians, that's what we are. We're not just uh, born again children of God, but we should be disciples. I wrote down a definition of a disciple and a disciple is a follower and student of Jesus. A student of the word and that's what each one of us is. The difference in a disciple and an apostle an apostle is a messenger. An apostle is the one who is sent to bring the message. And that's what the, the original twelve, besides Judas, became after that. They became apostles, but we are the disciples. And I like the way that it's worded here. There's some things that we can learn from this. You know, there's a lot that say that uh, we should meet on Saturday because it's the Sabbath day, the last day of the week, but under the new covenant. I'm not under the old covenant. I'm under the new covenant. And under the new covenant here we see that in upon the first day of the week is when the disciples met. They met on Sunday. It's the Lord's day. Sunday was the first day of the week which represented new life. It was the day when Jesus rose again. Jesus rose on the the first day of the week and the new covenant and new life. We have a new and living way. It's not by old dead works. It's by a new and living way through the blood of Jesus Christ. So we see uh, an example of how the church should be set up and it says when the disciples Notice it didn't say if the disciples met or or maybe they would or should they but on the first day of the week the disciples met and if we're the disciples we're the Christians we're Christ like that's another definition it was for disciple was to imitate Christ that's what us as Christians are supposed to be doing we're supposed to be Christ like and we're supposed to meet on Sunday we're supposed to gather together and I believe that we ought to be faithful to the example and the call that God has put on our life as the disciples of Jesus to meet together. I thank God that we're all gathered here together this morning, but there's some that could have been here that's not. And I believe that we're out of the will of God when we don't meet together in the manner that the Lord has told us to meet together. And it said, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. So they come together and what this is probably speaking about is uh, uh, uh the, the Lord's Supper or Communion. They come together and they, they took communion. And y'all know that we only take communion one, uh, one time of year. And the reason that we do that is so that it still means something. We don't want to take communion every week because then we would just get used to it and it just be normal. But here they took bread and they broke bread and Paul preached unto them. You know, Jesus is the bread of life. And this morning what I'm trying to do is just break the bread. That's what we've gathered together to do. This is the example of what we should do in the Lord's house. We we should gather together and we should break the bread. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to break the bread. Jesus is the bread of life. He is our hope. He is our food. He's what we need to grow. Our, our faith, the reason I've been preaching it over and over, but the reason our faith is weak is because we've not been eaten of the bread of life. The bread of life, the Word of God, is what sustains us. It is what we need. And we see here that Paul has said that he was ready to depart on the morrow and Continued his speech until midnight. I ain't gonna keep you here to midnight because then y'all will miss your football game. But here it says that Paul kept him till midnight. He was a long-winded preacher. But we know beyond any shadow of a doubt that Paul, other than Jesus, Paul was probably the greatest man of God that's ever preached the gospel. He was the apostle sent to the Gentile people. He uh, he he done many great and mighty things. He's the reason that the majority of our New Testament is in the Bible. He's the reason that the New uh, New Testament church, the early church, grew like it did. If it wasn't for Paul, we probably wouldn't be sitting here this very morning. But Paul, seeing that there was a need, that he stand and preach until midnight. He didn't just stand and preach to make them grow weary. He stood and preached because on the next day, he was having to leave, and he cared about these people. And he had a message that these people needed to hear. This morning, I've got a message beyond a shadow of a doubt doubt that we as the church of the living God need to hear I'm not preaching to keep us weary I'm preaching because the Lord has burdened my heart with this message so don't get weary this morning but uh, I wrote down in my Bible there the reason he done it is because he cared you know a true man of God will preach to you the truth he'll preach not what we want to hear here, but he'll preach what the Bible says. And even if they're going to get weary, and this morning we probably are. Some will be mad that we went ahead and preached anyway. But I know I've got to preach the message because I care. Because I care. Because I've got a concern that some's about to slip out back into the world. I'm concerned. There's a burden on my heart that some of us is sitting in the house of God already backslid this morning, already out of the will of God, getting ready to set sail out into the darkness. Can I say this? If you die in darkness, if you live in darkness and you die in darkness, you'll spend eternity in darkness. No matter whether you've made a profession of faith before or not, if you die in sin, you're going to spend eternity in sin with Satan and his angels. But if you die in the light of God and you die of trying your best to follow the will of God, there's a better home waiting for us over yonder, a place not made with hands that the Lord's going to prepare for me and you. If you die in the light, you'll spend forever in the light but if you die in darkness you'll spend forever in the darkness you got to live right to die right Amen. according to the word of god Amen. verse number 8 and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together i got seven quick points and don't don't freak out they are quick points seven quick points I want to point out about what's happening here from verses 8 to 11. Uh, this young man, we, we read that this young man is in the house of God, the place that they had appointed to meet at. It was on the third floor, and Paul was preaching long. It said there was plenty of lights, and this young man had came, and the first point I've got wrote down was he was in the right place. This young man was in the right place. This young man that fell out of the window and died was in the right place. He had come to the house of God and this morning I believe that we're in the right place. I believe that this is a place that's been uh, uh, ordained by God Himself. I felt His presence and the Spirit here this very morning and there is no doubt that this is the place where we should be. Even as a young man I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was the place I was supposed to be. I knew that this was a place where the Spirit of God moved. I knew that this was a place where I had seen the Lord work many miracles. I had seen lost men and women get saved and their life changed forever, 20 and 30 years later still in the house of God, still worshiping the Lord. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was the right place. But this young man, he was in the right place. He was. He was in the right place for uh, point number two. I believe he had good intentions. I believe that he had good intentions being there. We noticed that uh, Paul had preached all night. Paul had been preaching for a long time. It don't tell us uh, uh, if it was an evening service or a morning service or what it was. They, They very well could have been there from the beginning of the morning all the way up until midnight. Many, many hours so that Paul could get the burden of his heart off to help them people. And this young man, apparently he had stayed there the whole time because he had good intentions. He wanted to hear what the man of God had to say he was in the right place and he had good intentions you know this place that he was at he was sitting under one of the greatest preachers or probably the greatest preacher besides Jesus of all time and if you notice there number 9 it says and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together listen I believe that this is talking about physical lights I do believe that but I believe that this story is placed in our Bible so that we can get a spiritual understanding here I believe that this is a physical example of something, of a spiritual lesson that the Lord wants us to see. I believe the whole Bible from the beginning to the end the Bible is spiritually understood without the Holy Spirit of God working in you, you cannot understand the Word of God. And I believe that the Lord has got a lesson for us here this morning. It said, and there were many lights in the upper chamber so he was in the right place he had one of the greatest preachers that had ever been. He was in a place where there were many lights. And in my mind, when I think of light, I think of the Lord. Jesus said He was the light, but now that He's gone, we are the light. So I believe that there was many there that had the power of God on them. Listen, this morning, I believe there's several here that has the true power of God on them. You know, in order to have the power of God, you've got to be obedient to the will of God, and you've got to be full of the Word. you got to be full of faith to be a light in a lost dying world so here we are this young man he's in the right place and he's got good intentions and he's went to this place that's got a great preacher and it's full of light it's full of the uh good presence of god this is the best place that he ever could have been in his life but let's look here uh, uh verse number nine let's read it again and there set in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. There in verse number 9, I believe this is the third point. I believe that he began to look in the wrong direction. I believe this young man began to look in the wrong direction. He was in the right place. He had good intentions. I mean, this young man was in the house of God. This young man was where the power of God was. He was where the light of God was. But then, uh, instead of being over in the light, instead of being over where he needed to be, even though he was in the church, he still wasn't dwelling in the light. He still wasn't dwelling in the Lord where he needed to be. And he's over here sitting by the window. The only thing that I can think of in my mind that he would be sitting in the window as he was looking out. He was looking out. This young man was where he was supposed to be. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He had good intentions, but yet while he was in the house of God, he got weary in well-doing because the preacher preached so long. And he got weary and he went over to the window and I believe he was looking out. He was looking out the window at the world. You know, this morning, our windows have, have got color on them and you can't see out, but some of us in here this morning, I believe, have got our eyes out in the world maybe it's some of you teenagers maybe it's some of you older ones but if we ain't got our eyes on the light if we ain't got our eyes on Jesus, if we have just came to church but we're not in church, we ain't got in yet we need to get in before we end up out the window The message on my heart this morning is get out of the windowsill. Get out of the windowsill. I know our lives in this place and I know that the Lord has laid this message on my heart. There's some of us in this place this morning that's sitting in the right place. We've got good intentions but yet we're sitting in the windowsill looking out yonder and we're risking our spiritual life. We're risking our life by looking out. yonder. Our heart's not in here. Our heart's not in here. Our sister was up here crying out to God on the altar. I remember when I was a kid, if somebody was squalling out on the altar to God, the house of God would have moved and dwelled around her. They would have been up here praying with her. And there have been people running laps and shouting. But that was back when everybody's eyes was on the light. That was back when everybody came with the intentions of getting in. But now we sit in the house of God and somebody gets right with God and we have no desire to raise our hand and shout. And it's because we're sitting in the windowsill. We're trying to straddle the fence. We're trying to straddle a fence that is not there. You'll fall off. You can't straddle an invisible fence. You'll fall off. If you get your eyes out in the world, you'll end up out there. Amen. Say amen, Michael. Amen. 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 I can say amen. There's several in this place that can say amen. You can end up back out there. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Get out of the windowsill. So this young man, he was in the right place. He had good intentions. And he began looking in the wrong direction. He backslid without ever leaving the house of God. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what it was like at the in the early church during Paul's missionary journeys. I don't know what it was like, but I bet they had the power of God. I bet there was some shouting going on. Hey, I bet there was some people's lives that was getting changed. Hey, Jesus just had died, and the power of God and the Holy Ghost of God just had begun to dwell amongst the churches. Boy, I bet the power was strong. And this young man still backslid, sitting in the house of God. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. I was here where the light was. I was here where the good preaching was. I was here where I knew I needed to be and had good intentions, but I sat right back there where Jerry's sitting and I backslid, sitting in the house of God. I got my mind and the eye of my heart out there in the world. Out there in the world instead of on the Lord. I quit coming to get in and I come because I'm supposed to. I don't come to the house of God because I'm supposed to. I come because this is where I want to be. And the one that died on the cross for me, I want to come and praise Him and uplift Him and be excited about who He is and what He's done. I've come to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't come here just to be here. i come to celebrate and uplift His name. Thank God for the Lord. He began looking in the wrong direction. Galatians six seven through nine. I read this other day, but be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap the flesh. Shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I'm I'm just gonna be honest with you. This week I've been weary. This week I text dad just as a sounding board so he could hear some of my complaints. But this week I've been weary. I thought, Lord, why you put all this load on me? Lord, why have I got to do this? Why, Why has it got to be this way? Can I say it ain't about the load I'm bearing. It's about him. And I, the load that I'm bearing now ain't nothing like the load that I had to bear when I was in sin when that weight of sin was bearing down on me and I had no hope, no peace, no joy there wasn't nothing like that load the load is laid off of me now hey, he said take my yoke upon you his yoke is easy and his burdens light it ain't about that it's about him and if we'll get out of the windowsill we can see the spirit of God move and we can see the light move around and we can see souls getting born again Amen. I believe this young man began to get weary and he began to look in the wrong direction. If you'll notice there, let's read verse 9 again. And there sat in a window a young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep and as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep. How many is asleep in here this morning? I ain't talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually. Are you awake? Are you awake? It's time to wake up. It's time that the church wakes up. We're spiritually asleep. We're just in here. We're just here. And I ain't just talking about our church. I'm talking about the church. The church as a whole. The church is asleep, spiritually speaking, and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. <clears throat> this scripture, if you, you you can read some commentaries on this, and some of them say, well, he must have not really been dead. Because when Paul came out, he said his life is in him. But what Luke is saying here, this is Luke the physician. Luke was a physician that wrote the book of Acts. And he said this young man was dead. So I believe that this young man was dead. Listen, if you're sitting in the window today and you don't turn back to the Lord, it ain't going to be long until spiritually speaking, you're going to die. Hey, I've been down that road. Multiple in this house has been down that same road where we got to sitting in the windowsill, had good intentions, was coming to the church, but instead of getting in, we just come to be coming. Instead of reading our word, we just come to the house of God because we thought it was our responsibility. But if we'll get in, we won't fall out the window. But if we continue sitting in the window and we continue not being faithful to the Lord, we'll end up falling out the window and spiritually dying. Spiritually dying. Listen... You, maybe you ask, well, how? How? What am I supposed to do different? What am I supposed to do to get in? Hey, how many of you can sing and don't sing in the choir? How many of us can testify about the goodness of God and we don't testify? How many of us could uh, stand and teach when the preacher asks on Wednesday nights, "Who's got next Wednesday? And the church sits quiet. Hey, we've got something to do for the Lord. If you want to get in, get in. Do a work for God. Hey, Or else we're going to fall out the window and die. Uh, get out of the windowsill. Get out of the windowsill. So this young man, he fell out and died. James... 1, 14 through 15. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Brings forth spiritual death and then physical death. If we die in sin, we'll suffer the second death. But if we die born again, living in the light of God, I've got a hope of a better tomorrow. Verse number 10. And Paul went down and fell on him, embracing him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. I wrote this in my Bible. There, And Paul went down. This young man was on the third floor. He had went over to the window. He was looking out because he was weary and well-doing. And he went to looking elsewhere because he got weary. And the young man fell out of the third floor onto the ground and died. According to Luke, he died. So this young man died. And the very next verse, it says, And Paul went down. In between him dying and him and Paul's response, there was no time. I don't know if Paul was the first one that went down there. He probably wasn't. There was probably a crowd of people went down there because this young man had died. But the response was immediate. And I wrote that in my Bible. It's an immediate response. Listen, there's some that we know that's been in our church, that's been in a church, that's been born again, that live with the Lord, and they fell out that window and died. Why ain't we immediately responding? Why do we not have an immediate response? I preached it there two weeks ago that we have the ability through the Holy Ghost of God living in us to restore them, but they can't be restored if we don't respond. They can't be restored unless we go to them. And I like what it says here in verse 11, it said, uh, or verse number 10, it said, and fell on him, embracing him. He said, "Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him." So what Paul done was he run down there. This young man was dead, but Paul believed God. This young man had fell out the window and died, but Paul still believed God, and he had compassion on this young man, and he fell over him and he showed him his love by embracing him. And that's what we need to do to our friends and family that have fell out the window and died. There is no spirit left in them. There is no life left in them. And if they die in that shape, they're going to go to hell. But us that are spiritual, we've got to have that love in us, that compassion. And we've got to go with an immediate response and scoop them up in love and restore unto them that joy. Restore that life back into them. Verse number 11. When he therefore was come up again, so this young man rose back up. The life came back in him the life that he had lost by falling out the window because he was looking out yonder in the world the life come back in him and therefore when he was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a while even till break of day so he departed so what happened then was they got him back in the church what they done when they went out there and tried to restore unto him that that he had lost they got him in the church and they fed him the word they broke bread with him and they fellowshiped with him and they loved him and that's the sixth point we got to get them back in the church. Amen. Point number seven. Let's read verse uh, twelve. And they commanded, or and they brought the young man alive and were not comforted a little. little. Were not a little comforted, so they was comforted greatly. What I'm saying? They was greatly comforted. Can I say that point number seven is the work of God is our comfort. They was comforted because they seen the power of God that brought this young man back to life, that had fell out. This young man had fell out, and because they responded, they were comforted greatly because they seen the Lord work through them. If we had seen this week the Lord work through us, we'd be greatly comforted and we'd have a shout this morning. We'd have something to testify of. We'd have some reason to uplift the Father this morning. If you ain't joyous about your salvation, it's because you ain't working. If you ain't got the fire of God in you this morning, it's because you ain't doing nothing for Him. It's because you're sitting in the windowsill. That's a message this morning. Get out of the windowsill. Uh, Tommy, you come on. (coughs) Eutychus. I wrote this down. This young man's name was Eutychus. His name means fortunate. And I found that interesting. His name means fortunate. And he was fortunate that the Lord allowed him to be brought back to life. I was fortunate that when I backslid, that the Lord allowed me to come back. I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn that. I don't know why He did. He just loves me. But everybody, it's already been said, everybody's not that fortunate, Terry. Everybody's not that fortunate to be able to come back. Listen, this morning, if you're sitting in the windowsill, you didn't, the Lord give us every opportunity this morning to really get in. I believe most of us did. I do. But I believe that there was some that really could have got in this morning, but they're sitting on the windowsill. They're half in, half out. Come sometimes, don't sometimes. Come, but don't want a duty, don't want a job. Nobody wants to teach Sunday school. Nobody wants to sing. Nobody wants to testify. That's because we're sitting in the windowsill. We need to get in. This ain't about the preacher coming and doing stuff. It ain't about Tommy Lynn coming to sing. It's about everybody coming together and uplifting the one that died for us. It's coming together in a celebration that my Savior lives. And because He lives, I do too. Because He lives, I get to go where He is. It's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of Him. This morning, I don't know where you are. Everybody stands. I don't know where you are, what you got going on, but if you're sitting in the windowsill, get back in His wheel. If you're sitting in the windowsill, come back to the light. If you're sitting in the windowsill, come cry out to God and give it to the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The altar's open, Some's already coming. If you're here this morning and you're sitting in the windowsill, and you know you are, everybody knows their own heart, everybody knows where they stand. If you're sitting in the windowsill this morning and you say, Preacher, I, I know I've not got in. I know I'm just here, but I ain't been in. Would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. I've just been here, I ain't been in. I've been trying to be faithful to come to the house of God, but I ain't really been in. Well, if that's you, would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. Would you pray for me? Would there be one? Preacher, I just come, but I ain't really in. I've been coming, but I ain't really in. There's things that I could do, but I don't. There's things that I believe the Lord wants to use me for, but I ain't let Him. If that's you here today, would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. Would there be anybody? Listen, maybe you're here this morning you lost. You've never been saved. You don't know what it is. You don't understand what it means to be pardoned from sin. You don't understand what it means to be born again, to have new life in you. If that's you here this morning and you say, Preacher, I've never been saved. Would you raise your hand? preacher pray for me I'm not saved would there be one would there be one anywhere preacher I'm not saved would you pray for me nobody's looking around it's just me and the Lord preacher I'm sa- I'm not saved would you pray for me would there be anybody amen